0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Kathy Enderez about building a supportive environment for vital deskless workers. Kathy Ender is welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you, John. Happy to be here.
0: It is a pleasure to be with you today. I'm super excited for this conversation. You're joining us from the Bay Area. I'm here south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be focusing on the new report out from the Josh Burson Academy and the Josh Burson Company, The Big Reset, Deskless Workers, where the focus is on building a supportive environment for vital deskless workers. Uh, As we get started, I wanted to share Kathy's bio with everybody. Kathy Enderez is Vice President of research at the Josh Burson company, the world's largest company for HR. She has over 20 years of global experience in human capital, talent, and performance management and change management from consulting with IBM, PwC, and Ernst & Young in industry working with companies of various sizes for Fortune 50 companies to startups in multiple industries, including technology and healthcare, and leading research on all topics of HR talent and technology. She is passionate about making work better and more meaningful. And I share that passion. And it's just super exciting to have the opportunity to talk with you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in?
1: Yeah, just a couple of points uh, to explain my accent in case you're wondering. I'm from Austria originally. People always ask me that when I do a presentation and then somebody says, I say any questions and people say, where are you from? So I want to preempt that question. (laughs) I'm from Austria originally. And um, um, in terms of relating to the deskless workers that we're going to talk about, I actually spent eight and a half years working at Kaiser Permanente, who is a very large healthcare company. And so that tons and tons of people that are not discount. So I have a lot of passion for specifically that workforce segment as well.
0: So why don't we start off with a little bit of an introduction. Um, this new report came out, the big reset, that desk, deskless workers covering new approaches to work, people practices, the workplace growth, health, and leadership. The report is a consolidation of discussions with over 400 global businesses and HR executives about the impact of new working styles on this vital cohort of the organizational team. With that said, as an introduction, anything else you would like to say in terms of framing the report? And then we can start to dive on into particulars of the findings and what they mean for organizations.
1: Uh, i'll just give you a little bit of background of the the big reset initiative so we started this big reset initiative at the beginning of the pandemic march 2020 when we um, heard from many of our clients and contacts that they were really struggling with making sense of this massive change in term, terms of ways of working, go, everybody going remote or most people going remote, um, what it meant for HR and leadership and people practices and hiring and onboarding and, and lockdowns and all of that kind of stuff. And HR was re- really in the center of all of this um, starting in the pandemic. So we brought this um, this forum together of HR and learning and talent executives around the world to really have a forum to discuss and exchange and learn from each other and just like provide them kind of support between each other. So that's kind of what we've been doing since the beginning of the pandemic. And it's been very successful for all the participants, but then also for us, because we learn so much listening to and facilitating these discussions with these leaders around the world. So that's a little bit of the background and we cover different topics. And so for this sprint, we do them in five week sprint, we um, uh, heard a lot about the need to focus on the deskless worker. So um, those workers that can't be hybrid, we had done a little bit of a deep dive of um, hybrid working in in the previous sprint of the big reset. And of course, everybody was kind of very confused to how their hybrid working works how you combine remote work with um, on-site work and going back to the office and going back from the office home again and all of that. And hybrid work, of course, impacts a lot of people. But then what about the 80% of people who can't actually work in a hybrid work w- world because they are working in a hospital, they're working in a retail store, they're working uh, in a manufacturing site, for example, they're working in hotels or um, in transportation they're driving a truck so um, we said what about that workforce segment so that's why we started thinking about that in a more holistic way as well
0: yeah thank you for that introduction and that framing and it, it really is such a challenging thing it, it, the pandemic's not over I, I keep on wanting to say post-pandemic but we're still in the middle of it for crying out loud and with yeah. new variants and who knows um, but the the, the what, what's for sure is that things have changed and they're not gonna go back to the way they were before. And the longer we're in this, the more we're learning about how to do it and how to do it effectively. So with that said, what were some of the key findings um, that come out of this report in terms of deskless workers and how we best approach them?
1: Yeah, I think the first like overarching big finding that I'd have is how we consolidated all of this. You gotta understand this workforce segment in a different way than you understand the desk bound workers like us right and for that you need a lot of empathy and design thinking and putting the employee at the Center so that's kind of a mindset shift that I'd see overarching we can see that. Um, what we're doing as we are working on computers all the time is going to work for people that work in a retail store in in their truck, for example, and that goes. Through all of the components of employee experience, whether that's the work they do, whether that's how the manager manages them, work site, their workplace, um, health and well being, um, learning and development and growth for them, and trust in the organization and the tools that they have. So they need something different than your desk bound workers. That's kind of the overarching theme that I'd see there. Um, yeah
0: good and and so what are some of what are some of those things that they need um it it, i'm so glad that you said it that way we we definitely can't look at all people in all organizations as a monolith certainly different types of jobs have different constraints uh and and we get so caught up in talking about virtual work and hybrid work that we we leave out a huge segment of the workforce that. That's not really a great option for. Um, So with that, with that said, and with that understanding in place. Now what what are some of these key things that we can do in approaching the deskless workers.
1: Yeah, we um, categorized seven critical components uh, for creating this excellent employee experience for deskless workers. Um, and we uh, categorize them all, starting with a C, just to make them easy to remember and easy to call. And so I'll touch on each one of them. So there's these seven critical components that are unique and different for deskless workers than they are for deskbound workers. And th- what that means also is that HR and leaders need to do something different. So the practices that you have in HR and strategies and the uh, the the policies and the approaches in HR and leadership need to be different. So let me go through each of them in a little bit. So the first C is what we call connections and creativity. And that has to do with how do you support deskless workers to establish these connections with customers and coworkers because that's what they're really inspired by. So they want to have the face-to-face connections. We talked with um, um, Royal Caribbean, who are a very large um, um, cruise line ship Company basically, and they told us their people come to work because they want to connect with their customers face to face, and um, of course they need time also to uh, to uh, like disconnect and um, inspire and be creative. But most people, most deskless people, don't have that time. Only seven percent of deskless industries, for example, they design work to allow that time for creativity and innovation. And about a third of desk bound industries, like technology or financial services or professional services, do so. So, we see this really big um, difference between the practices that deskless industries do and that desk bound workers do. So, that's the first one connections and creativity. People are rushed, people are overloaded, and that never results in great customer service. So, you gotta design work to allow for that time for creativity and connections. The second one is has to do with coaching and development. How do your managers help and coach and develop the deskless people? The managers of their deskless people, they are usually not deskless, right? So for them, they need their own development and support to actually build that muscle to coach people in that deskless work environment. For example, a large healthcare company we talked with They doubled down on manager development with kind of this manager to manager mentoring program for their nurse managers so that their nurse managers can actually help each other to say, how do we coach nurses better um, as they are providing patient service and patient care. so that's the second C on coaching and development. The third one has to do with commute support and a sense of belonging. Commute support, of course, is important for deskless workers because they actually commute to work. They don't have the opportunity to do hybrid working, so they've got to get on the road and they need to go to their work site most of the times. So one example we have here, how organizations can support the commute is um, Honest Burger, their high-end burger chain in the UK, and they built their own kind of, system for people in the start of the pandemic for people to find a shift in a restaurant, they could walk to or bike to and now of course as they maybe have a little bit more opportunities to get on public transit for example they keep this up because it makes everybody's life easier if you have a shorter commute. So commute is really a big deal for the deskless workers. so that was the third C. The fourth C has to do with care and coverage and that has to do with support for health and well-being for deskless workers and their families. And the, and their families is really important because because deskless workers can't be um, working from home, they need support for caregiving for the child care more, more so than maybe hybrid workers or people that can be at their desk and maybe have a little bit of more flexibility of. Where to do their work and how to do their work. The other thing that we also really weighs heavily on on deskless workers is many of them live paycheck to paycheck and so you got to give them financial support to help them um, balance their finances and one, one approach that we've seen successful is what we heard um, uh, what we call on-demand pay. So that lets people access their pay as soon as they they earned it, not two weeks later when you as an organization want to do their paycheck. So that really reduces stress and increases their well-being.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. I I really love this. I I love the focus uh, because we talk about flexibility generally and most people probably think about flexibility as it relates to knowledge workers, white collar workers, people who are on desk jobs. Um, but yeah. flexibility is just as much an option, uh, for flexibility and support is just as readily available to provide to our employees who are deskless. Right. Yes. Um, I I've done quite a bit of research in this space myself, A uh, study of, uh, 30, uh, about, I don't know, 30,000 workers across 37 countries. We looked at various uh, worker flexibility types of uh, approaches and we, we parsed it out, again, uh, deskless versus those who are more traditional knowledge worker types of roles. And those uh, who, who are deskless, they, they want scheduling flexibility for their shifts. They have to go in, they still have to commute, but they, they want more uh, flexibility in how their shifts are scheduled. Uh, right. more autonomy in how they go about fulfilling their their hourly requirements of their job um, things like you know just mixing it up so people who are, have evening shifts or weekend shifts that they do get some sort of consistent time that can be expected with their families um, that they have the ability to deal with family matters at work w- while at work and they can step away for a minute to you know to to take a phone call that's necessary they can they can take their kid to a doctor's appointment or something to have to build in that kind of flexibility is going to be huge as we move into the future of work for these desk deskless, deskless workers. Um and we can't just just only pay attention to this for knowledge workers.
1: I think that's a really good call out and I see this in across all of these areas. The focus has mostly been on on what we call the knowledge workers, or the desk bound workers, because we thought we had actually a a lot of challenges hiring them and retaining them. But now it, as it turns out with a great resignation, it's actually a deskless problem more than anything else, right? So it's actually the nurses that quit their jobs. It's the truck drivers that don't want to drive their trucks anymore. And you need them actually even more so than the software engineers, because if you get sick, who's going to care for you, right? (laughs) Like it's not an option to say, well, the hospital is closed because we don't have enough nurses because people or supply chain
0: issues or whatever or supply right chain. Or if yeah. you
1: don't get your groceries if you order them online right and then you don't get them and in the beginning of the pandemic we actually hit all of these issues and there i think it became really really clear how essential the essential workers really are so i love the call out on flexibility i, I also heard um like the balance between flexibility and predictability. So how can you make it flexible for the person yet predictable enough for the company? So they know they have everything covered. And I think you, you can do both, right? If you empower people to actually set their own schedules, for example, in the parameters that you need to run, I don't know, your retail store, your hospital, your truck shifts, whatever it is. Right. I think, um, giving people these choices and options and I think technology plays actually a pretty big role in that too so do you have these systems where people actually can access the schedules and they don't have to go call some call center or go to the manager and the manager then has to manage a like, terrible spreadsheet or whatever so I think technology can really really help with that and there's systems out there I just talked with a, a company yesterday that's called Work Jam that for example does that exactly for the deskless workers they're all built for the deskless workers and the scheduling is actually the killer app for them because people yeah. like people having flexibility about that and predictability of that schedule is kind of the most impactful things for, I think the deskless workers, right? Because it like it's, if you know you're gonna work this time, well, you know the other time you have with your family, you can, as you said, you can take your kids to a doctor's appointment, you don't have to have backup childcare, whatever it is, right So.
0: Yeah, 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 and just as an anecdote to this, I have uh, listeners, longtime listeners of the podcast. know I have a lot of children. I have six children. Um, wow. My my three oldest are three teenage girls, all of which are working, and they're all deskless workers. They're in uh, fast food, In and Out, uh, another uh, fast food place called Culver's, uh, a retail store called Claire's. Um, this is where they work. And they all have. Um, you know, they're all teenagers. It's a teenage job. And, yeah. you know, so their, their level of expectation isn't like super high, but I have to admit that my, my kids experiences with the flexibility. And like you said, having the technology to be able to ease the scheduling and the, the shift uh, switching out shifts and getting shifts covered and all those sorts of things, it's super easy for them, <laughs> way different yeah. than when I was younger and going through the, some of those early jobs you know, before I was out of college, you know, uh, that yeah. a lot of us have to do. And so, yeah, we, we, it's not like an either or kind of thing is what you're saying, what I'm hearing. Exactly. We, we just, we need to make sure that flexibility is there, use technologies that will enhance that uh, and make it even more seamless for our people. Uh, that's going to enhance their employee experience and make it easier for you to attract and retain good people, which is what we want.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think technology really plays a pretty big role there. Um, the other things, though, you also want people also want to really have um, development opportunities. As we know from lots and lots of research, lack of development, lack of growth is is a big issue in terms of retaining people, right? It's usually the biggest issue that people say, I don't have, feel like I can develop my career, so I'm gonna leave and go somewhere else. And deskless workers want that too. Um, and so what companies, deskless companies, uh, companies with lots of deskless workers have been doing on that, that front on career development, car- they build what we call career pathways. So Target, Walmart, Amazon, many others, they spend billions of dollars to help people build these career pathways into the things that people are passionate for, but then also help the company. So Walmart, for example, they are building 5,000 pharmacists for the retail pharmacies internally, where they move people that might be a retail worker from the retail worker um, job, basically, with education free education into a pharmacist job and of course that's a high paying job and people might be passionate about the pharmacist role more so than the retail worker role right so every it's a kind of a win win, because also building from inside is usually. always cheaper and better than hiring from the outside, so the career pathways is another thing that we see very impactful and very important for. um, deskless industries. And then, of course, you want to have people have culture and community. So that's like the last one of the last pieces that, that I wanted to do a double down on. So the culture, as we saw in our employee experience study, we did a really massive study on employee experience. That's the most impactful thing, piece of the puzzle of employee experience that people feel like the, the culture resonates in everything that the company does. Um, people feel like uh, a sense of community and belonging. And one example we have, there's the Lego group. Um, of course, everybody knows Lego, right? And everybody loves Lego. And you have six kids, I have two kids, and Lego is kind of a staple in our house too. Um, they built their leadership model. They call that the leadership uh, playground with the deskless workers actually driving that. So they are, they are frontline workers, not their executives were building this out in the way that Lego actually operates. So they showed, Basically, the culture of the company in the way that it built out their leadership playground, what they call it. We have a great case study on that. And the last um, C that I wanted to call out is the communication and collaboration tools. So we've already talked a lot about um, tools and technologies. They're really a very support, a very big supporting element of, of all of that. But how you communicate, how do you interact with the deskless workers, of course, has to be tailored for them because they don't have a computer. They don't work at a computer and they don't want to work at some kind of terminal. I think like years ago, we did this thing where we gave people terminals, right? Or like, I don't know, computer access but now the best companies that do this really well they do it for the phone, right? So they built it for the phone, they built the phone apps they make it easy for people to access communications collaboration tools, their schedule for example all of those kind of things. So the mobile first um, or iPad first, whatever they work with, um, I think is really, really key. And you can't assume that people have the patience or the, even the uh, capabilities to operate kind of a complicated browser-based system, right? It's just not going to work like that.
0: Yeah, excellent. So you've outlined those seven Cs, the main components and the findings of the, the research in our final few minutes together. Anything else? Um, that you would like to highlight that is really important for us to consider for organizational leaders to keep in mind as we move forward into the future of work amidst the great resignation with the challenges associated with deskless workers?
1: Yeah, I think one overarching thing um, I wanted to call out. Well, first we have a lot of great examples um in our in our report, so you can read about them we have two big case studies and many other ones embedded in the report and i mentioned some of them um as we talked but i think the big overarching theme that i'd like to call out for leaders and hr people around the world is really focus on this workforce segment because i think it has been too long that these have been kind of an afterthought or maybe a commodity, the deskless workers have been treated like a commodity. And now we have the great resignation in place. We actually see it's not working anymore. People demand to be also um, the focus of your attention, not just the knowledge workers. So I think that mindset shift to really focus on that has to happen and it has to happen really quickly. And that requires you to really understand who these deskless workers are and what they need and then tailor your practices, your leadership practices, your HR practices, your tools and your resources towards their needs.
0: Yeah, very well said. Kathy, it has been a real pleasure. I know it's a time and I need to let you go here in a few minutes, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, uh, the team there at the Josh Burson Company, all the great research that you're putting out, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: That's great. Yeah. Thank you, John. Uh, Yeah. So the Josh person company, as, as John said, we are doing a ton of work on HR research, HR advisory, HR um, capabilities, building capabilities for HR people, because we see this as a multiplying effort uh, and effect for making work better and making work more meaningful. So um, we have tons of resources and support systems. Uh, we can, you can find some of them on our website, joshperson.com. And um, you also find this, this, um, this report there, which is kind of an in-depth playbook that we have for you. Um, so that's a little bit about us. And if you want to get in touch, we also have a way to get in touch on this website as well. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from how your deskless journey is going and how you're focusing on, on the deskless workers. And we're going to do a ton more research actually on this segment of the workforce because we feel it's been too long overlooked and it's time.
0: It is time. Thank you so much, Kathy. It's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and Josh from the Josh Burson Company. Uh, You're welcome back anytime. And I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, check out the report, check out all the great research that's coming out of the Josh Burson Company. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.